And this morning, for a few moments, I'd like to preach on this topic, I guess, this subject, this tagline, bet you can't have just one. Bet you can't have just one. Let's pray, God. We thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence one more time to lift up your holy name. I pray, God, that your word would go forth, would touch lives, minister, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. All right, let's move Lyra's jacket out of there. Well, I've got to tell y'all, I've, I've, my family, not, 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 my, not my Louisiana family, my Canadian family, we have decided after the very, very hectic winter season that we are all going on a bit of a diet. And to keep us to it, we have actually raised the stakes a little bit. And uh, we're all, like, we're in a challenge, okay? We're in a challenge. And uh, so far, I'm doing okay. In case anyone's wondering, like, I'm not, like, starving myself to death. But I've got an issue with dieting. And my issue with dieting is snacks. Like, if, if it comes to having a healthy meal, that's not an issue. I mean, getting to the gym here and there and, and trying to be healthy. I mean, I, I work outside most days. Like, I can do that. Lifestyle's great. My issue is not with any of that. My issue with, with dieting or wanting to lose all this weight is what is laying out before you here right now. It's all these goodness, all this goodness, all these snacks, all this wonderful, wonderful stuff that at 11 o'clock at night is so much easier to get to than, than like avocado toast. Like this, this right here is like the dream. Like it's so simple, so easy. You throw in some French onion dip with this or you, oh, mm. I just got a witness there. All right. But you, you get some nachos, right? And you, you get some even just tortilla chips with some salsa. And, man, like life is so much better. Like you have gone from a 10 o'clock, like life is gloomy, and all of a sudden the, the sun is shining. I don't even know how that's possible, but it is because, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got, man, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this service. But, you, you know, like, like the Hershey's chocolate. Really? I don't know if there's any better chocolate. Like, that, that right there is a chocolate. And um, hang on a minute. Man, God is good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, now I've got a milk full of chocolate. Whew, give me a minute here. <laughs> I don't mean to rub it in. But I honestly, absolutely love to snack. Now, I sent the guys to get me some good snacks, and I told them I needed chips, I needed chocolate. But what you guys may not understand is this right here. This, this is, this is what I need for snacks. Like, I, I send my, like, when my wife goes shopping, she's like, you need anything? I'm like, well, I might make a sandwich or two. And in all reality, I know I'm not going to make a sandwich. But you know what I am going to do? I'm going to pull this meat and just, you know, get a bite or two of that. And that right there is so much easier than trying to toast some bread or, or anything like that, right? Like, I'm just going to go to town on that meat. And this package right here between Beatrice, my little puppy, and I, we'll go through this. Man, someone didn't think this out, did they? 
But between, between Beatrice and I, we will go to town on a basket of turkey. And this right here, as healthy as it is, it becomes very unhealthy by the time you've eaten half of it, right? But Ritz crackers, my wife and I will sit, we'll eat Ritz crackers. We'll, I mean, gummy bears, I don't know if they're her thing, but they're definitely my thing. Like, man, I love, and then single slice cheese, right? Like, does anybody else like some single slice cheese? And yeah, praise the Lord. All right, God is good. Here's the thing about snacking. I always want a little bit more. I always want a little bit more. I'm telling you, we could have dinner. And last night, we got, we had a fantastic dinner. I mean, we had cauliflower rice. We had green beans. We had, like, sweet potato. We had some chicken and Italian sauce. Like, Lizzie knocked it out of the park. And, like, not 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, what can I have to snack, you know? Like, it's just, it is what it is, right? Anybody else? Is, do I have anybody else that likes snacking? All right, good. I'm not alone. Praise God. But here's the truth. I remember one time. One time, my mom, she pulled out some Lindor chocolates, okay? Now, Hershey's, like I said, Hershey's fantastic, one of the best, but Lindor is, like, direct from heaven, okay? It's like, it's like God gave those ingredients to somebody in a dream, and they created it, right? And so, so here we have Lindor chocolate, and, and she pulled out the Lindor chocolates, and she said, Brendan, would you like some chocolate? And, you know, like I'm probably 15 at the time, like, of course I want some chocolate. And so I grabbed one of those beautiful unwrapped, you know, Lindor chocolates, and I started to unwrap it and walk away and just, you know, think to myself, wow, God is so good today. And as I was walking away, my mom said, that's all you want? Just one? And, you know, I was like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. what? And very quickly, I turned around, tried to get back before she closed the box, and she closed the box, and she said, you don't understand. I asked you if you wanted some, and you cut yourself off at only one. And in that moment, she actually, she did this. My mom looked at me and said, how often do we do that with God? Wow, right? Altar call right there. And my mom looked at me. She said, I was willing to give you the whole box. You could have had all the chocolates in that box. Talk about a 15-year-old kicking themselves, right? And she said, but how often is God wanting to bless your life, do things in your life? He's wanting to show himself faithful in your life. And how often are we like, well, God, I've got what I need this Sunday. I got what I needed this Wednesday. I'm good. Thank you. And yet God is saying, that's all you want? I've got so much more for your life, but you're satisfied with there, and yet I want to take you to here. I want to give you greater things. I want to give you greater things, greater and greater and greater, and you're satisfied with down here. And it's just one of those moments where I thought, wow, my mom is a pretty smart lady. But God continued to show that to me, continued to impress that upon me, continued to say, Brendan, there's more that I want for your life. And if you are not going to push for it, if you're not going to ask for it, if you're just going to be satisfied with the bare minimum, then that's all that I can give you. The thing is, to, we do that. We do it with God. He'll hold out his hand with those blessings, and we'll take one and just walk away. Peter and the disciples on that fateful night found themselves in a boat in the middle of a storm. And they were, they were terrified. I mean, I've, I've, I've never been in a boat in the middle of a storm. I've never done it. But I would be terrified. I've been in turbulence in a plane, and that's, that's bad. I mean, I, you can't really bail out a plane or anything. You know, you can't start getting the water out of a plane. But here they were in the, in the middle of water, in the middle of a storm, doing all that they knew to do. The Bible tells us that they were very, very skilled fishermen. So I can probably... 
figure out that they knew what they were doing on water. They were very adept at that situation. And here they were toiling, freaking out, doing all they knew to do, getting the water out of the boat, trying to row, get where they could be safe. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that there came a man walking on the water. They all start freaking out. Man, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. And, and the Bible says that Jesus would have walked on by. He would have just kept going. Like he was chilling. And he would have kept walking, except for that they called out and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who is that? Is that Jesus? They thought they were done. They thought their lives were over. And all of a sudden, they see a man walking on water. They get spooked out, start screaming. But when Jesus said that it was him, Peter got an idea in his head. And that idea was, I want more. I desire more than what I'm getting from in this boat. This boat is all I've ever known. This boat has always been safe. This boat has been what's gotten me the money in my bank account. This boat has been what's gotten my family fed. This boat has kept me safe for year in and year out. But in that moment, he said, I'm tired of this boat. I want more. I do not just want to sit here when I can get closer to God and what he might have for my life. You might be in the boat of your life. You might find yourself in financial, that's what's been causing you to put money in the bank. You might be at a place where your family is fed because of the boat that you're in. You might find that there's safety in your in your spiritual life, safety in your personal life, safety in your emotional life. You've got the friends that you've got, and you're good. But all of a sudden, life comes at you. And unless you're willing to say, I want more, I'm willing to step out of what I've built for myself, then you may never get what God has wanted to give you. Peter was willing to get a little indignant. He was willing to take a moment out of his life and, and freak out a little bit. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm guessing. He was willing to get laughed at and fight peer pressure. And he was willing to say, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out there. And Jesus, one word, come on, man, come, let's go. And Peter freaks out, I'm sure. I mean, he steps out of that boat, steps out of that safety net, steps out of all he's ever known and takes a chance on Jesus. Jesus says it, I'm going to believe it, here we go. And so he steps out of the boat and he begins to walk on water. He begins to experience God in a way he's never experienced God before. And it's time that some of us got out of off our high horses, out of our pity parties for a couple of moments and started to challenge God. What's God challenging you to do? What's he saying? Hey, come on, I've got more for you. You've been willing to live up to that level, but I've got more for you. It might take you getting laughed at. It might take you fighting peer pressure. It might take you lifting a hand in worship service. It might take you showing up to prayer meeting. It might take you showing up on a Wednesday night. It might take you doing more than you've ever done before. But what could God have in store for your life if you would just step out of what you've always known and try to experience what God has for your life? It says many times in the Bible to come boldly before God that we may obtain What it is we're obtaining, grace, mercy, boldly does not mean, Lord, doesn't mean that, right? Lord, I need something. No, no, it's not whispering. 
It's not, it's, I mean, boldly is like in your face, man. Boldly is what the news does to you every day. Boldly is what LeBron James does on the basketball court. That's what boldly is. It's showing up, showing out, and saying, God, if I don't get what I need, I'm in trouble. And God, I'm standing here. I'm, I'm going to see more than I've ever seen before. Boldly is saying, my family is going to be saved by your grace. Now, I, I don't have anything to believe that, God. I don't have a reason to believe that, but I'm boldly proclaiming it. Boldly saying, I'm going to see your grace in my school life, in my friends' lives. I'm going to boldly proclaim that, God. I've got no reason to believe it, but I'm boldly stating it. Boldly is believing God when there's no reason to believe God. It's praying prayers that you're, you're laughing at yourself for. You're, you're praying and saying, God, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and this isn't what you've called me to do. And, God, I'm, I'm praying blessings over my finances. And do you know what? You're, you're, you might be going, wow, I can't believe I'm saying that to God. You think it's surprising, God? Come on, pray bold prayers. Take a chance. Maybe you'll walk on water. Who knows? But unless you take a chance and get out of that boat, you will never know. See, God expects us to do that. If he didn't, guess what? It wouldn't have been put in the word. It would not have been put in the Bible. He, he, I mean, that Bible's got enough words. Why do you have to fill it with eight more, right? But instead, it was put in there saying, boldly come before me. So that brings me to the title of my message. I bet you can't have just one. A very catchy slogan that was coined by a wonderful potato chip company. Actually, I've got, I've got a commercial here. Why don't you play that one, Jason? He's a pretty boy. Our new first rounder. We got him out of Winnipeg. Hey, Messier. How about a race? Chip. Bet you can't eat just one. And if I lose? Will your mom be at the game tonight? Yeah. Lays. Always fresh. Bet you can't eat just one. Mark Ladies Messier wanted to go on a date National with his mom. Anthem. Go on. <laughs> All right. So bet you can't have just one, and the poor guy had to, he, he wasn't able to eat just one chip. And so he had to sing the national anthem in front of his mom and everyone else there. But it was a very catchy slogan that was coined by Lay's Potato Chips, and yet it's so applicable to this message today. The truth is, once you've tasted Jesus once, you should be constantly wanting more and more and more of him. And here's the issue. Does anybody like chips in here? Is there anybody? Like a few people. Okay, good. Chips are one of those things, man, that unless, like, I'll eat, start eating chips, and the plan is to just have one. Or to, you know, what I'll do is I'll take out five and put them on the table, and I'll be like, when I'm done these five, I'm done. And once, once those five are gone, I'm done, right? And then you'll take a few more, and you'll, once these ones are done, I'm done, right? And then, and then like, literally, has anyone said this to, like, their significant other? Take these away from me. Oh, right, right. Okay, good. I'm not alone. But literally, like, I'm going to eat this bag if you don't take these away from me. That's the way chips work. And the truth is, with God, it's the same way. He wants to give you blessing after blessing after blessing. He wants to move in your life. It's not just a one and done. You've got the Holy Ghost. Okay, someone else. I, I want to pour out the Holy Ghost, and that's all I want to do. That's all I do. That's all I do. I just give salvation. That's all I do. No, God's got more for your life. And unless you go, uh-uh, God, I'm done. Like, I, I, you know, like, man, if I'm done. And unless you do that and shut that down, shut that off, he, he 
wants to continue to pour out on your life. He wants to say, here's a few more. Here's a few more. Here's some more blessings. This is what I've got for your life. Don't be satisfied with just one chip. Don't be satisfied with just one blessing when God's got so much more for your life. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I've said this before in this sanctuary, but the truth is he could have said any sense in that moment. He could have said, taste, uh, look and see. He could have said, touch and see. He could have said, hear and see, smell and see. But the thing with every one of those senses is you've got no control over them. You've got no control what you see some days, right? Man, don't you wish you did? You've got no control who bumps into you and what you feel. You've got no control. Oh, man, smell, right? Oh, I wish I could control my smell. But you've got no control over your smell. But taste, you have control over your taste. God knows that. Jesus knew, but man, when he was giving these words to the psalmist and he said, taste and see, he was saying, you've got to make the choice to taste this. You've got to make the choice to pick it up and to put it in your mouth and to taste and see that the Lord is good. And unless you do it, no one else can do it for you. No one else can taste the Lord for you. They can give you a description and say, oh, man, God is good. God is great. Man, God has done this. But unless you experience them for yourself, they can't experience and taste God for you. I don't want to do that to God. I don't want to cut God off in my life. I don't want to say, here, honey, take this bag away from me. Get it out of my sight or I'm going to. No, with God, I want to do the exact opposite. I want to say, is there more, God? Is there more? Open up that next bag. You know, is there more, God? Open up that next bag. I want more of God every single day. Bet you can't have just one. Once you taste God, there's more for you to experience. We talk about the repentance. We talk about baptism. We talk about Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and the, the, the necessity of it. And we're never going to move past that. But God doesn't want you to just hang out right there. He's got more for your life. He's got a reason for you to be on this earth. You've got breath in your lungs. You've got a reason to be alive. And you've got things to offer to his kingdom. You've got things to offer at this local church. You've got things to offer when you go to work. You've got things to offer when you go to school. You've got things to offer wherever you're at. Why? Because you have the light of the world inside of you. And so here's what, I, what, what I'm excited about. What you might not realize, what you might not realize is that life point, we're, we're blowing up, y'all. This church is going up. This church, we have seen many, many, I mean, I, I don't have the exact number, Wendy, but we, the amount of people we had filled with the Holy Ghost last year, incredible. It was highest we've ever had. People baptized in Jesus' name, highest we've ever had. People who have joined the church percentage-wise, it's one of the highest years that LifePoint has ever experienced. What you don't understand is this church is growing. God's got things happening in this church. The, the, water's, the water's rocking in this church, and God is not done yet pastor keeps preaching it. We're going to see 300. We're going to see it. It's going to happen. There are going to be healings in this place. The supernatural is going to take place. Miracles, signs, and wonders are coming down. You know why? Because we have a pastor. We have a team. We have a church that says, no, 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 no. Don't close that bag just yet. God, we want those blessings. We're not worth that. We love what we've experienced, but we want more. We want more. I believe that we're a part of a church that is just so excited about what God is doing. And we're, we're getting excited and saying, if that's what he's done, man, I, I'm getting excited. Because what, what else does he want to do? 
What, what more does he have for us? If, if that's what we've seen to this point, what more does he have? And God, we want it. God, we want it. Here's the truth. God is calling some people. God is calling some families. And God is calling some individuals to step out. You've been feeling it over the past couple months, past couple weeks, maybe even this week. You've been feeling that. And God is pushing some of you to go beyond what you've ever gone before. And it might be freaking you out. I don't know. But God's been pushing you saying, hey, hey, I've got something for your life. I've got a plan for your life, and you need to step out of that boat. Step out of the safety of where you've been and take a chance. And here's the truth. There's people responding. There's people that all of a sudden are saying, okay, God, I'm willing to take a chance. I'm willing to do what I've never done before because I don't know anything else. And, God, my options are either close you off from my life or experience more of you. And there's people saying, I I, I don't want to close you off. And there's people in this building right now, and it's sound of my voice saying, nope, it's time for me, my family, my, myself to go further, to go, to push harder, to pray more, to fast an extra day, to do what I've never done, to experience what I've never experienced. See, Peter was willing to get more. It was not necessary for him to walk on water. But guess what? It brought him closer to Jesus. There are going to be some things that God does for you that maybe aren't necessary, but you're going to walk through them, and there are going to be moments where you go, wow, I don't understand why that happened. I don't get why that blessing happened, but, man, if it brings me closer to God, I'm all about it. Another young man, another man in the Bible that I read very quickly this morning was about Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was a prophet of God who caused it not to rain on the earth for three years. Can you imagine having that power with God speaking and all of a sudden the heavens shut up, no rain? So cool. And he's able, I mean, he's fed by ravens. He, he's, he's literally standing across from 500 false prophets trying to call down fire, and they're all cutting themselves trying to get the attention of their gods. And, and, and literally there's Elijah, and he just says a little, you know, 45-word pr- prayer, and fire falls from heaven. This guy's a big deal, y'all. Elijah was a big deal. And so he's walking, knowing that it's near the end of his life, and he walks up to Elisha one day, and he says, Hey, Elisha, follow me. Elisha, follow after me. And Elisha, he's pushing a plow. You know, he's got the oxen. He's working hard. And he doesn't think twice. The Bible says he burned his, his, his stocks. He, he killed his oxen. And he was like, all right, there's no coming back. I'm going. I'm following you, man. He took a stand and he said, I'm going after what you've got, bro. And so he started following Elijah. And Elijah knew it was the end of his days. And, and, and he said, all right, Elisha, if you follow me until the day that I'm gone, you're going to get a blessing on your life. And so Elijah starts walking. Elisha starts following. And, man, he just follows him everywhere he goes. You know, Simon says kind of thing. Here he goes, and there he goes, and there he goes. And and finally, Elijah can't ditch him. He's like, well, you stuck around, man. So what is it that you want? What is it that I can do for your life? And do you know what Elisha said? Elisha got indignant. Elisha got excited. Elisha got this bet you can't have just one mentality. He said, "Uh uh-uh, I've seen the bag of chips opened up in your life, man. I've seen the blessings of God poured out on your life. And what it is that you've got, I want a double portion. I'm not even going to be satisfied with what, because I know God is infinite. He's got all power of heaven and earth. And I want more than what you've experienced. And so he says, man, I want double. And Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me go, You've got it, man. And the very next verse, you see heavens open up. 
a chariot of fire comes down, picks up Elijah. He goes up to heaven, and, 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 and man, Elisha's standing there kind of just in awe and wonder, picks up the cloak from Elijah, walk, walks over. Talk about putting your faith to the test. Walks over, literally like three, three verses later, walks over to a river, takes that cloak and says, oh, I'm calling on the God of Elijah, and takes that robe, smacks the water, and what happens? It separates. Why? Because there was a man that said, God, the blessings, they weren't just for Elijah. They weren't just for that guy. They're for me too. And there's got to be some people in here that say, it's not just about sowing and so down the road. I see they're getting a blessing. It's not for that person on that side of the church. God, there's blessings and I want it. I want it and for me and for my family. And so Elisha, he, he, he did that, man. He, he just said, no, I'm, I'm not satisfied. I, I've followed you, Elijah. I've seen what God can do, but I am not satisfied. And Elisha, this just a young man who had said, I'm not going back to that plowing. I'm not going back to those oxen. I'm going forward to what God's called me to. He got that double portion. In fact, the Bible, it's so cool, so cool. But he dies, and he was one miracle short of what Elijah had performed. One, one, one miracle. Like, wow, God, thanks, man. Wow, God. And so, so then guess what? A couple months go by, years go by, and a dead man is thrown into a grave into the same grave Elisha had been buried in. And when this dead man touches Elisha's dead body, his dead bones, this dude is brought back to life. You know why? Because the promises of God, they don't die. And so Elisha, there he said, I want a double blessing. And you can mark it down. You can go through the Bible. Every miracle that Elijah performed, Elisha's life, he did double through his body, through his bones. But God's promises don't die. And so I'm telling some people under the sound of my voice that God has something in store for you. Don't sell yourself short. Don't look at your life and say, well, this is it. I've made it. I've, you know, I've got a little bit of money in the bank for my babies when I, when I grow old. And, well, you know, I've got a little bit of, you know, savings. I've got, a, you know, my job is safe, secure. Man, my, my family safe, secure. Everything's good. I'm telling some people that God is calling you to step out a little bit and say, you know what, whatever it is, God, I'm willing to give a little bit more of my time. I've been safe with my time. God, I'm willing to give a little bit more of my emotion. God, I've been very safe with my emotions, whether it's in worship service, whether it's in my prayer. God, I've been safe. I've held it close to my chest. But God, I'm willing to get a little bit dangerous with my worship. God, I'm willing to take some chances that I have never taken before. There's a song, and, and only one person in this room, I found well, one person in our staff room knew it. But it goes, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I've ever had before. I want more of his great love, so rich, so full, so free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. And that's really the truth right there. In today's society, it's not easy to let go of control. Everyone, whether it's you're fighting for power, fighting for control of a company, of a team, of many different things. But when it comes to living for God, we need to just give up control. Let him have his way and lead us the way he wants to lead us. If we're going to accomplish what God's called us to accomplish, we're going to have to say, okay, God, it's not about my time. It's not about how I want to do things, but it's about the way you want to do things. If we sincerely want more of Jesus, like that song says, then we need to give him more and more of ourselves. But here, I've got a bit of a secret. It's worth it. It's completely worth it. 
When you give of yourself to the kingdom of God, when you give of yourself to the things of God, it's more than worth it. He pours out, showers out his blessings. The Bible talks about God loving a cheerful giver. That, that is finances, but that's time. That's energy. That's all of those things. That's thought power. That's all of that. And God wants to pour out blessings on this church and on you for giving to him. Another young woman, I'm, I'm wrapping up here, but another young woman in the Bible who wanted more of God was a, was a young lady by the name of Ruth. And Ruth was just a girl who just so happened to marry into a, a godly family. That family, they all knew God. They showed up. They left their godly country because of a famine. They show up, and Ruth and, and a, another woman, they marry the two sons from that family. And then the saddest of circumstance happen, and the two sons pass away. The father passes away. So here is her mother-in-law, Naomi, her sister-in-law, and her. And, and Naomi says, you know what, I'm going to go back to the country of my fathers. I'm going back. And look what Ruth says. Can we look at this? Jason, you got that? Ruth 1, 16 and 17. But Ruth said, entreat me. This is Ruth. So Naomi's going back to her God country. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And whatever, wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and I. See, Ruth had noticed something in Naomi. Ruth had no noticed those open bags of chips in her life. She had noticed some blessings and said, there's something different about you. There's something that you've got that I need. There's something about your God that I I want to make him my God. There's something about your land that I need to make it my land. I need to follow after you. And here's the thing. There's people that are looking at your life right now and saying, there's something different about you. There's something about you that I need in my life. you you got to understand something. Projection is a big thing in our society. And people aren't quite as happy as you would like to believe they are. I mean, their, their Facebook pictures might show you that they are. Their Instagram profiles might show you something. You know, whatever they're projecting when they're talking. But I'm telling you, a lot of people go home and they're feeling hopeless. They're feeling like, what's the point? They're feeling a, a lot of loss, really. And so they're looking and they're looking at you and saying, how come you have this joy? Where are you getting this hope? Why is it that you're able to... Do what you do and face what you face and keep on trucking on. Anyone else facing what you would face, man, I, I, I would have given up if I were you. I would have stopped if I were you. But they see something inside of you, and they want to follow after you. And you know what it's going to take? Just opening your mouth saying, hey, I've got something for you. It's not something that I can give you, but there's a God in heaven. It sounds cheesy when you say it, but I'm telling you, you say those words, and all of a sudden they go, really? What? Like, God? You're, you're telling me it's God? And it sounds cheesy to you, but that's the answer they've been looking for. It might sound cheesy and weird and strange to you, and you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in, in, in junior high again. No, no, no. You speak out those words and say, you want to know why I'm different? It's because there's a God in heaven that I trust in my life with. And there's a change that will take place inside of them. They'll go, okay, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing to give this a shot. 
The thing is, we get in this mindset that no one else wants what we have. What we have is weird or different. But the fact of the matter is, what we have is going to save lives. It's going to save souls. It's going to bring hope and fulfillment and joy. Because there's people that are looking for that, filling those that emptiness in their lives with alcohol, with drugs, with, with prescription drugs, with work, with, with life. And they're just trying to find some sort of fulfillment. And what they're looking for is what you have. And like Naomi was standing there saying, I've got to go back. I've got, she was going back to church, man. She was going back to church. And Ruth said, where are you going? I need to go with you. I need to experience what you are experiencing. And I believe that there are people in your lives that are thinking the exact same thing. I want to experience what they're experiencing. I want to see what they're getting, and I want to go where they're going. Here's the th- one. This is my last point, I guess. But chips, greatest part about them is you can take them just about anywhere. Guess what? These chips, thank God, they're not going to be here next Sunday when you show up. They're not going to be on this table making a mess for the middle of Donovan's message, right? Like, they're, they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone. Why? Because chips can go wherever you go. The blessings of God, the things that he puts inside of you, they don't have to stay here. The, the miracles, the things that you experience at these altars, the weight that you feel lifted off your shoulders, the joy that you experience, the hope, all of it, none of that has to stay here. You don't have to, you don't have to go home and be like, man, I, I just wish I was at church again. No, guess what? The cool part is you can start praying right there. We don't serve a God who's constricted, contained by this building. It's fantastic. We have a God who is much bigger than 150-50 Daggle. We have a God who's much bigger than just your house. We have a God who wants to go with you outside of, of your home, outside. He wants to go to work with you. He wants to go to your job with you. He wants to go to school with you. Why? Because he wants to show himself through you to everyone in your world. Let's all stand this morning. The blessings of God, they can't be contained. The only way we can contain them is by shutting them off. And I believe his presence is here to do some great things for some people. After the apostles and the other people were filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they did just not leave it to that one-time experience. See, they wanted to see more of God. They had just had an experience, but that was not enough. God, I've just... I've had an encounter, a God encounter, but that's not enough. They wanted more. So the Bible says they poured out onto the streets. They took it out into the streets. They took it to the highways, into the byways. They went everywhere with the gospel of Jesus Christ because they wanted more. They wanted more of what God could do in their lives. They wanted more of what God could do on this earth. We just walked through the book of Acts with, with Pastor on Wednesday nights, and, and you start to experience, see all that they did with what they experienced, they took it everywhere. And they told everyone. All of a sudden, there were jail cells busting open. All of a sudden, there were shackles being broken. All of a sudden, there were lives being changed. People who could not walk were now walking. People who, who were, were not speaking could speak. People who were blind could now see. Why? Because these people decided it's not good enough just to keep it up here in the upper room. But it's got to go outside with me. Whether you have been in church for your entire life, since the day you were born, or this is your first time in this building or any church building to speak of, there is something for you here this morning. There is something that God wants to do for you, 
and, and, and I, I'm just a young man who's standing up here, and I get to string together a few words, but I'm telling you, God's blessings are not cut off from your life until you cut them off. And so you just need to open yourself up and say, okay, God, I've experienced you once. I've experienced you twice, three times, and maybe you've cut them off a little bit and said, no, you know what, God, I, I've been a little bit distant, a little bit cold, but I believe that God is here right now saying, come on, come on, I've got something for your life. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a purpose for your life. I've got more for your life.